0: just start recording, and if they jump in, they jump in, and they'll figure out how to transition it. Gotcha. I've been listening to, like, a ton of old punk stuff lately, since I watched that nightclubbing documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, started with the testers. Is
1: that about, like, um...
0: You bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that about, like, the... Texas, Kansas City. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was that record store day one. Yep, yep. It comes with a soundtrack, too. I didn't... I think you can buy just the DVD, but the record store day edition came Came with with the the CD CD of the soundtrack, which is cool because some of those bands had like testers, the only it's like Heartbreakers, they only have comps of demos that accumulate a full album because they only did one single. Well, I love that in the 70s. Like there was a band that Steve
1: was playing when I came in that I'd never listened to before. Shit, rubber something. Might've just been rubber band rubber band band or something. It was real um it reminded me of like your late seventies, early eighties punk, you know? Yeah. But almost like but they would have been on like a major label but just didn't get any sort of exposure type of thing, you know? Uh
0: uh-huh. and where it's like there's always those hidden gems in there. They showed um Harley from Chromax. Yeah, yeah. His first band, Stimulators. Yep he showed him like playing at Max's Kansas City. Yeah, and he's like a he's little like kid. He's like 12.
1: Yeah, no, it's so <laughs> crazy.
0: But he was being interviewed in there and he just talked about like all the craziness at Max's and everything, which was basically was CBs before CBGVs existed. Well, like
1: from all of my
0: um was a slightly nicer bathroom yeah, from like whatever. Over heard. the over
1: like, you know, listening to music and research and blah blah blah. And even, like, you know, I've seen hardcore kids fucking kiss the ground at CB's. When you think about it, like, if I'd almost rather be at Max's because they had all those bands. They were, like... Plus, like, Bowie fucking played there
0: and shit, you know? Yeah, and they're, like, it's all celebs hanging out, basically. Like, it's, like, an exclusive thing. Because originally it didn't start off as the club. It was more of, like, a restaurant, and they had trying to think of what the sign said it was like steak steak chickpeas and like it had four food items on it that were all kind of strange and it started off as a restaurant and then the shows started to happen upstairs and then it like unfolded into this huge legendary club but there was like Alice Cooper was hanging out there, Bowie was hanging out there, Iggy Pop, Wayne yeah. County was there.
1: Anybody um, who's anybody. Like, Sonny Vincent was
0: there, the, the Stimulators. There was, like, just an endless amount of bands that were... But it was more the Warhol scene. Like, it was more yeah definitely. artsy, I think.
1: I'm in the middle of reading Nico's biography, so I know exactly what you're talking... Like, I'm just past all the fucking Warhol shit in the book, and it's like, what a crazy fucking time, dude.
0: Yeah, it would be weird to just live in that time where you're just regularly dropping acid and banging people in a bathroom and shit, and And just, like, like all these, all of these legends around you that really at the time weren't legends yet. Right,
1: yeah, it's like you wouldn't even
0: know it. But you don't know that, like, history's happening in front of you, musical history at least. Yeah, man. Film, yeah. I mean, film history, supermodels. Yeah, film like, history, there's so Yeah, so Models. much shit. And partnership history, too, like, because that's where, like, Iggy and Bowie linked up was yeah. there.
1: He's, like, the reason that she, that Nico was in the underground was Warhol was, like, she's in this band now. And that that created all kinds of shit, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's why I kind of like the later underground albums because... You know, it's more John Cale and Lou Reed. I don't know. and it, It's almost like a different band. It Nico's was, definitely a, um, she takes a minute to grow on you for
0: sure. Yeah, I could never get into her. I've tried to, but same as Lou Reed. Like, I don't mind him. I don't have anything against him. But his, some of his music is just so boring. No,
1: I totally am very selective about my Lou Reed, but he's done, like, so much random shit, too. Yeah,
0: and it's one of those guys where you got to kind of sift through. Kind of Tom
1: Waits is like that for me.
0: Yep, Tom Waits is like that. Even, I mean, Johnny Thunders was in a billion bands. Sonny Vincent was in a million bands. Wayne Kramer was in a million bands. Oh, speaking of which, I did. I don't remember where, but
1: I got a copy of Wayne Kramer and Johnny Thunders Gang, Gang War. War, yeah. I don't even remember where from. I have to check. A record.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Also, at Max's, Billy Idol's first show in America.
1: Oh, was that in? Was that in there?
0: Yeah, I don't remember. That, that. was in there. That's the, fucking awesome, though. Because he was talking about like, I think it was when they closed too. It was his first show. He said essentially, so I'm guessing he played, like, some one little tiny thing or something, like, before that. But then he said uh, Max's was his, like, break for America. Oh, that's tight. But uh, it would be cool to... I always think about how awesome it would have been to be in that time to see, like, the vibrators and fucking... The Buzzcocks, when they finally, like, came to the States and just all oh, these dude, other, like... Oh, dude, seeing the
1: Buzzcocks at that time, oh, my God, that'd be so sick.
0: Yeah, and then, like, seeing Johnny Thunders alive. Yeah, sort wandering of, in <laughs> like wandering the streets. sort of. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. he just got, like, 18 needles hanging out of his arm. Uh, yeah, I actually...
1: Dude, New York would be so scary then, man. Like, that's what I think made it, you know what I mean? That's what makes that shit, like,
0: good. If you think about it, like, these people, a lot of them were not, like, scary people. No, no, not at <laughs> like, all. They were, like, you no, think they at were that, brave
1: as fuck to go into that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you think, like, at that time, you got, like, Bowie's scrawny ass walking around, like, the boroughs of New York.
1: Yeah, wearing a fucking dress and wearing shit. Wearing a dress and, like,
0: yeah. I don't know. When you think of uh, did, that but time. But would go you walk think, in the like, Bronx like that? I doubt it. No, well, you wouldn't walk in the Bronx like that. At but that he time. wasn't in there. And neither. I mean, but just Seabees was in a shitty area. Yep, yeah, that's true. And it was just run down and nasty looking. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a big-ass city, so you're going to have that. But just to think of, like, those people. Like, imagine Andy Warhol walking around the ghetto. It just, I don't know, it just baffles me.
1: Yeah, I just see the image in my head, and I could totally see him doing that, and then like in a spoof movie, just somebody knocking him off like it's nothing, (laughs) you know? Shut up, boy boy.
0: He's just walking around trying to take pictures of everything, all up in everybody's business. So dark in this area. Yeah. Anyways, aside from Max's Kansas City and all that old school punk stuff, we're here with uh, James from Ends of Sanity who, if you haven't listened to, just released another EP called Eligible to Die. And what was the record label? Days. Days. It's pretty straightforward, like metalcore, hardcore, but it's got a lot of sweet breakdowns. I really like the vocal style.
1: Yeah, I, um, it's a complete package for me. I like the vocal style, the China breakdowns, yep, and the um, positive lyrics. But with the devastating music, is always a... Uh, Always, uh, like, oh, I don't know. My heart beats in breakdowns, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put that, actually. Yeah, I mean, when you pitched them to me, I was like, sometimes it's hard to check out a new hardcore oh, band know, because dude. you're just like, oh, my God, they pop up every day. But at the same time, like, a good lot of them are actually really fucking good. Exactly. That's why i And it's like... bizarre to me that they're... I don't know if it's just, like, we enjoy that style so much or if the bands that do it appreciate that style to where they do it well. But it's easy to make your band sound like every other band in that genre. Oh, definitely. But then again, like so many bands do it and they put just their like tiniest amount of little f- their own flavor to and it. And they stand way and they out. They stand out and it makes it work amazing. Yep. And that's like what, I mean, this band I think did too. Yeah.
1: Like, so we're real excited to uh, talk to James. We're going to play a track from that EP first, I believe, right?
0: Yep. I'm going to play the track A Life Alive from Eligible to Die, as long as you don't have anything else to add right away.
1: I just want people to check it out, listen to it. Yeah. Spotify, Apple, Spotify. All, Bandcamp. If you do go on Bandcamp, it it's under the Days label, along with okay. 61 other bands.
0: I'll put their Instagram link and everything in the description too, as well as days, so anybody interested can go check them out and see the other bands that are on the label and check out the Ends of Sanity stuff. But anyways, here is A Life Alive from Ends of Sanity.
2: Yeah, sorry for being late.
1: Oh, it's all good, man. We were just uh, hanging out,
0: doing doing what we do. You're you're not the only person that's done it. It happens.
2: Honestly, <laughs> I'm very punctual, and Zooms is like a huge part of my job. So I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have to blame. I'm gonna have to blame the fact that it's Saturday. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, it's good. Now we've had it happen where people either forget the time. We forgot the time, mixed up the time, mixed up the day. I started promoting like a week early one time for something. I thought it was a, a lot later in the week than what it was.
2: For sure. Cool. Well, glad I'm not the only one.
1: So I'm um, Jeremy. Yeah, That's Ryan. Who are we talking to?
2: I'm James. I uh, I sing in the band. Awesome. Yeah, we weren't sure who
0: was coming.
2: But... Yeah, it's usually just me uh, that does the majority of the stuff. We're a bit spread out and I work from home and I usually do most of the uh the fun stuff like this.
0: Right on. Yeah, honestly sometimes uh having less people works out better just because there's less people talking over each other.
2: Yeah, for like a Zoom interview I'm definitely not a fan of uh of like multiple call. people yeah. answering the same questions at the same time.
0: Yep. That's yeah, right and me. you don't know like who the question was to or who you who should be answering it or whatever. Yeah. So are you down
1: in the Carolinas? Is that where you're you're at, or is that like the band's locale?
2: Yeah. So I'm uh we're all in North Carolina. I'm a transplant from New York. Um I moved here about five years ago. Myself and the drummer who recorded everything, Jeremy, we're both in Winston-Salem. That's where like we practice and and everything. That's technically where the band started. The other guitarist, Garrett, is about an hour from here towards Charlotte. And then Ian, the other guitarist, is in Wilmington. But he spends a lot of time in Winston-Salem. And then uh, Cam, the bassist, lives about two hours out near like Raleigh area.
1: Wow. So touring's kind of got to be a little bit of a pain, eh?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's why we don't really do too much. Even like when we started, we kind of were just like, this is going to have to be pretty part-time. I mean you know north carolina is one of those scenes where like there's like a a sub scene in every city pretty much okay so it's not like there's like one north carolina scene and everyone comes to every show it's like if you live at the beach and they're like we have our record release show tomorrow in winston and that's that's you know, awesome four, man. four hours for 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 a good amount of people
1: it's definitely worth it record release show man that's fucking cool
2: Oh, yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I, more so, I was just highlighting the fact that, like, it's... We're in a state where, like, you have to kind of drive to see shows. Right, right. Um, so, like... Oh, you know, we do. Doing we have binge. to
1: go four hours to
2: see shows,
1: really, usually. We're, like, oh, wow. up in Elpina, where Michigan. Where? Elpina, Michigan. Like, northeastern Michigan. Not quite oh, to wow, the bridge. So, Never heard of it. Right? <laughs> I'm
0: sure you haven't. It's, uh... Four hours north of Detroit.
2: Oh, okay. Did you guys go to Tide Down? No, we no, were going to. I was supposed to...
1: to. I had to bail due to like, life, basically. <laughs> Bills. For um, sure. The we cat had... decided to get sick. That kind of stuff. We had just done a yeah. record
0: show like a week before that in Kalamazoo. And both of us spent a bunch of money at the show and the stores. And I was like, oh shit. that came... Tide Down came up quicker than expected and it sold out yeah. very quickly yeah for sure but yeah i seen that you guys played tied down i seen a couple of videos and pictures of you from some of the photographers there
2: damn i haven't seen any but <laughs> it was it was a good time it i'll was message really fun. you
0: on instagram
2: where they're at oh hell yeah sick yeah it's a really good time would love to come play again jimmy and curtis uh did a really great job i we'd like to come to detroit just again in general but yeah it was awesome
1: that's cool yeah well, they have a big like a big show coming up in october and i already bought a ticket for that just to not miss it like the whole
0: tied down thing you know yeah for sure was tied down you guys' first time
2: in detroit it was uh not like all of our, like we've all played in previous bands so we've like most of us i think have played shows in detroit before but this was Enzo fanny's first detroit show yes which was a really fucking cool way to to play for the first time you know
1: that's fucking awesome dude that's cool. Yeah. That's like kind of uh, just weird that we're in Michigan and mm-hmm. randomly I hit you up because I like your music. Get you on here for an interview. It's pretty cool, man.
2: Yeah, to be honest, I kind of thought you had hit us up because of Tied Down or something. Nope. <laughs> I just just, but, just because of the location. Nah, we I actually, just heard music and I
1: was like, damn, this shit's dope. And then I find you wherever. And...
0: Yeah, I actually noticed the Tied Down connection after we had already talked about interviewing.
2: Oh, awesome! Look at that.
0: So, what you mentioned um,
1: that you, everybody was in previous bands. Can you mm-hmm. mention any of them?
2: Yeah, uh, Ian played guitar in a band Dwell um, from North Carolina, and then uh, Jeremy was also in that band for a bit. Jeremy, like, he's the drummer. He he like records most of the bands in North Carolina. Okay. Um, but he also plays in a band called A Knife in the Dark, uh, and he was also in Dwell at one point or another. Uh, Cam sings in a band called Eyes Wide Shut, and he also plays guitar in a newer band called One by One. And I sang in a band called Detriment from Long Island, New York, and Ian was also kind of in that band at at one point in time. So you guys got some history. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's it's not our first. It's not our first band. No,
1: you you're. The lyricist, I assume, as well? Yeah, I am. And where do you find most of your motivation? I like, was on your first EP, the Suffering song. (laughs) It's Gift of Suffering. Gift of Suffering. I always am like, gift. But I really, like, fucking, I dig the lyrics in that. And then I noticed that you kind of continued that sort of, like, positive, fuck the world kind of-ish,
2: move forward vibe, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to sing about uh, like fairy tales or, you know, nothing like that. I, it would feel, I mean, it's cool if you do that, but for me at no, this point I in mean, my life, man. like, I have to sing about just things that are true to me and like, uh, try and make it genuine and and not like corny and overdone.
1: Yeah, just keeping it real, man. That's, yeah, that's why I wanted to uh, reach out and get you on the uh, podcast, just because it's usually. You get a, in that style of music, you can get a lot of, like, the lyrics can get really fucking cheesy, as I'm sure you know. And it's cool to, yeah. like, hear it, you know, not be so fucking cheesy.
0: I don't think I've ever heard a hardcore band really talk about fantasy shit. Well, wait. Shockwave? Mind Force.
1: Mind force
0: yeah. yeah, never mind. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> By the way, I fucking love <laughs> but Shockwave. But it's, it's not quite as often that you hear them talking about, like, the stuff that Dio would talk about right, or something right. you know like hardcore I mean I I, I love all three yeah I do too you just but mentioned I'm just saying I've,
2: <laughs> so it's like <laughs> different strokes for different folks yeah, yeah. it's just like my old saying, band lyrically
0: it kind of hardcore kind of has its blueprint for the most part and it has that sort of stand by myself or stand by my people and like, fuck you, fuck the world and stab anti-establishment type of shit. Not like ride the tiger. You can <laughs> yeah, see the stripes, yeah, yeah. but you know, he's clean, you know, yeah. <laughs> not that I don't like Holy yeah. Diver, but absolutely.
2: Yeah. It just, I guess the point I was trying to make is like, I had to make it super personal because like in my past bands, I kind of just focused on what sounded cool and like i i don't think that people like lyrically resonated to the band a lot and i think that was probably the reason but i was also like super like i was a lot younger so i just didn't put too much thought into it and like this project it was more so just like okay like i want to write lyrics that mean something to me and hopefully someone actually has a reason to like stand up there with me and like singing them. You know, if you sing about like bullshit, it's rare that someone's going to like take the mic and want to sing with you. But if you're singing about something relatable and you know,
1: Oh, I like that fight uh, for your life shit, man. That's tight.
2: Yeah. Thanks dude. I appreciate it.
1: Like, Uh, I mean, that's a good sing along, you know, in the song. And I can imagine that would be a, like a nice sing along at a show for sure.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Sure. It's been done before, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but trying to just, you know, You got everybody puts their own fucking
0: sauce on it, man.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that.
0: And the chance and breakdowns are what we want anyway. Right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I I love (laughs)
1: me at fucking Trash Can China.
0: Yeah. So you guys' latest AEP is eligible to die. When was that released? Let me check the... May 31st.
2: Yeah, so about two... Not even two months.
0: Yeah, is that the record that you're doing a record release show or is it for the full length that you're doing it for
2: um we don't have a full length this is for eligible to die tomorrow but uh with days we're doing a cd of eligible to die and he put the the first ep's tracks on that cd as well okay cool did you not originally
0: release cds for the first ep
2: we did we did vinyl and cds but the cds were actually only available in germany and then we had Days do cassettes. And then he did some vinyl with New Morality Zine. But this is, I guess, yeah, the first release that has, like, CDs from a U.S. label. Days is your record label, correct? Yes. Okay. Is that
0: just a... That's an independently run label, I would imagine?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's my good friend, Andrew. Um, most people call him Lumpy. Um, <laughs> he played in... Sanction. I guess he technically still does uh, when whenever they play. But he was in detriment with me, Um, so we go way back, and we are really good friends. So when this band kind of like came about, I was just like, "Hey, would you put you know some stuff out for us?" And he was like, "Yeah, of course." So here we are. Did he do the first EP, or
0: was that kind of just something that you guys self released? Because it was 2021 was during some COVID pandemic type of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it came out January, 2021. Yep. That's what I see. Yeah. So at the Um, time
0: you probably weren't really able to tour or play any local shows or anything off of
2: it. Other than just, no, we, we, this came out, that came out and we didn't play our first show for nine months. We played our first show in October, but I mean, you know, even back then, like, days wasn't really like popping off the way that it is now. So it was more so just like, yo, like, could you put this out for us and kind of like help us give it a little boost. But like, you know, he wasn't like, okay, but you got to play shows and you got to do that. Like there was zero expectations. And I really didn't think the band would do much more than like play a few local shows here and there, but it's cool to see that like, you know, two years later, almost we have a new EP and I think the band has grown a little bit since then, and the label has definitely grown since then. So, like, this release definitely got... It seems like it got more attention, positive attention for sure, than the last one. Not the la- not that the last one got... Like, the reception wasn't bad, but I could... It just feels like this one's a little bigger, you know? Right. Yeah. So I think that's kind of because both things have grown in the last two years. Well, I think, and
0: at the time, like, the world was turned upside down, so people... May have not been looking to that at the time and appreciating it the way that they would now that things have sort of calmed down,
2: yeah, that too, for sure.
0: And I do think that, like, the second EP that you guys did, I don't know if you recorded at a different studio or different equipment, different engineer. So,
2: Jeremy did both, but the one difference is we recorded drums somewhere different. But also that's another like example of just like, you know, that was two years ago. So Jeremy has just gotten a little better at what yeah. he does.
1: Well, you can definitely um, tell.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you listen back to back, it, it it sounds like somewhere completely different, but yeah, I mean, so Jeremy did all the mixing. Uh, Jeremy did all the tracking. Like I said, the only difference is the, the drums on the last one he did at his house and the drums on this one, we took it to his friend. At Legit Biz, a studio in Greensboro.
0: Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference between the sound because we were listening to them right before we started here. We were just bullshitting back and forth and listening to both EPs. And my first thing was just how much better the second one sounds. So you guys have definitely grown as a band. And, you know, the guy doing the recording and the producing and mixing, mastering, et cetera, is also growing. So it's cool to see things flourish like that.
2: Hell yeah. Thanks. I think uh I think every band's first demo or release is supposed to sound a little more like raw and gritty. Yeah. You know? So like looking back, I I agree. I definitely hear the difference, but I'm also, you know, I'm not upset that it doesn't sound as good because it's I don't know. Sometimes when a band comes out, like I the I next just one think is supposed
1: to sound better.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just it would almost take away from like the cause we called it an EP, but like technically the first release is a demo. Yeah, it's like short and sweet. Yeah, it's like seven fucking minutes. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I like when I played it, it played and then uh, it went through the whole thing fairly quick. And then I heard the beginning song that has the Rocky sample in there. And I was like, oh shit, it's over already. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people haven't caught that actually both releases have a Rocky sample.
1: Yeah, we caught that already because Mickey's on the other one.
2: He is, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: At the end, yeah, that was yeah. like
0: one of the first things that. Yeah. I
1: fucking love Rocky. So yeah. anytime oh, you man. throw a Rocky
0: sample in there, I'm cool with it.
1: My kid's favorite yeah. album's Rocky Four, so so <laughs> <it's all> like <laughs> I know all about me Rocky.
0: That's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. No,
2: it's it's funny because obviously it's in the beginning of the last release but this one like i no one has brought up the fact that there is another rocky sample but i wanted to just like continue it you know what i mean like this that, like i tr- and that wasn't the only thing but like i i really like when bands like have reoccurring themes and and stuff like that so
1: i love when bands have like a sample like that about like for instance the rocky one and then just goes into a heavy fucking song like i'm just mm-hmm. a fan
0: of that in general you know totally something rocky that i've yet to hear a band do and feel free to steal this for you guys if you want to but you know that part in rocky 3 where apollo and rocky fight just together in that little tiny gym and he's like mm-hmm. you want me to ring the bell it would be cool to hit like your crash ride as the bell ring and then just go and do a heavy ass breakdown yeah, right that would after be pretty sick
2: it's really funny you say that because in the song a life a lie there's a pause in the song and then like a heavier part like comes back. And I was going to use another Rocky sample there. And then right before, I was going to ding the bell, like, in the oh, actual, man. like, the boxing ring. <laughs> yeah. And then the breakdown start. But I was like, ah, that might get, like, too silly. But maybe we'll no, try it for that. The- That'd be yeah, awesome. That's pretty dope to me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll do it on the well, on the next one for
0: Definitely. sure. Yeah, I like that. I've always just thought that when I hear that ding ding. I'm like, fuck, that would oh, be so cool to break down right there.
1: there dude. Like, I will break you. Or I must break Oh, yeah,
0: you. we're... Yvonne drago's like hey, or like if he dies if he does he does he dies.
1: <laughs> it's just so tough dude uh, uh, anyway. so anyway
0: sorry. Uh, sorry rocky tangent um how did you guys get linked up into playing
2: tied down fest jimmy just asked like months and months ago like when they were putting the lineup together you know he was just like yo i've i've liked the band and he's been trying to bring us out there for a minute Um, pretty much as soon as we started, he was like, you know, come play Detroit, I'll do it, and just never worked out. So then when he was, like, putting the lineup together, he's like, okay, what do I got to do to get you guys on the fest? And I was like, just ask us to come. And he's like, okay, (laughs) do you want to come play? And that was it. Simple. It's short and
0: sweet. Mm -hmm.
1: You have some pretty cool label mates as well. Uh, Like, Pain of Truth is a fucking pretty kick-ass band as well. Is that just pretty much... That entire label is all pretty much hardcoreish metal underground stuff. I haven't looked into it through at the entire label.
2: Yeah, it uh, it seems that way. I mean, like I said, he's a good friend, so I know a lot about his music taste. And right, like, right. Pretty much like heavy, like beatdown type, or like metalcore is his like mo. So like the label, I think, is a pretty good representation of that because there's like heavy bands. And then there's, like, metalcore bands. Right, right. And I feel like a lot of labels aren't doing that. They kind of stick to, like, one. But, yeah, I mean, Pantry's the fucking best. Oh, Um, I like when um, they
1: mix them, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like an old Tribunal, maybe. Or even Upstate has a little bit of both. Yeah, Upstate, yeah. Even Victory had both, actually. So, well, that's cool. I'll have to
0: look into some more of those bands. Yeah, I'm scrolling through the... I didn't realize Days is the place that did all those terror variants.
2: Yeah, Ridge and Pain of Truth, he did um, all the artwork and all the layouts for both releases so far, too.
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, he's the best. The whole band is the best. Those are our great friends. Um, It's really awesome to see them doing so well.
0: He did the artwork for both of your releases? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's sweet. That's a good little insider detail to know how did you guys come up with the name ends of sanity if you don't mind me asking and i know this is kind of a hard question for some people to ask because a lot of time it's like it just sounded cool but sometimes there's a story behind it
2: the story is i had an idea for so the name of this band the song ideas all of it came together before the band actually existed Mm -hmm. basically like when the world was shut down I was staying out by the beach a lot by my mom um, where, where Ian lives too, like the Wilmington area. And I was like, you know, I was really trying to focus on my fitness as a lot of people were, cause we were just all losing our fucking minds. And I was just like running like a crazy person every single day in like the blistering sun. And um, that's kind of when me and Garrett had, you know, started like demoing out some ideas f- for the band. But before any of that, I was just running and I was listening to Metallica and uh, they have that track Freight Ends of Sanity. And uh, I was just like, damn, like Ends of Sanity would be a really fucking cool band name. And uh, that's pretty much it. But I felt like it fit the vibe. Like like I knew the vibe of this band before it really existed because it was like the idea came first. I also kind of knew that like Metallica is obviously the biggest fucking metal band in the world. But I felt like... Most hardcore kids wouldn't even make the connection, and uh I don't think most people do make the connection that I literally just took a Metallica song and took off one word. But that's that's how it happened.
0: Yeah, you're actually not the first band we've interviewed that's done that, because that's yeah, how man. Frozen Soul got their name too.
1: That is true.
0: And I would have never known that. Like, it's so, it, it's a great idea. I mean, Trapped, trapped in her Ice can... is a fucking no, Metallica yeah, I was just song. Thinking, trapped under I was just thinking, ice too, maybe and. Maybe. and... There's Trap another one ice too. Creeping Death was like one
1: of my favorite songs. Uh, there's
0: another, but yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch, but they do lyrically have a lot of shit that would make great band names, at least in the early stuff. I don't uh, know. How uh, old yeah. are you, man? Yeah. If you don't mind me asking. What? How old are you?
2: I'm 29. I'll be 30 in October. Okay,
1: so okay. you're I'm 38. Ryan, we 30, 31, 32, 32. So we're you know a little bit older than you. I just feel like the whole hardcore metalcore sound is kind of in a revival period and it seems like there's a lot of great bands starting to like come through of people in their 30s not so much like when when i was in bands and stuff playing hardcore it was like we were all teenagers you know what i mean and uh, yeah
2: i think a lot of it is like it's still that same thing but we've all been doing it a while so it's like you know, like even painted Truth, they all came from different bands. Yeah, Michael yeah. played in Hang, Hangman and Ridge is in Life's Question and um he's done it. Zach is in Reign of Salvation and fucking uh, who else? Nick is was in a band called Forced Out and he was also in Buried Dreams and he played with Mild Band for a bit just as like a fill-in. So like I agree, but also I feel like a lot of that is just because we like – a lot of people just started new projects you know so it's like no, they've yeah, been yeah, doing yeah. this a lot a, a long time but maybe not the same band the whole time right no it's cool
1: i'm a welder
2: that's what i do on
1: on the side you know when i'm not doing this and uh there's a 19 year old kid i work with and he never even heard of um Clarence Clearwater Revival and i was like weird but <laughs> really yeah he didn't never heard of CCR
0: and I was like, "This is fucking." I bet
2: you he knows the songs though. Oh, yeah. he just did yeah. exactly. exactly.
0: That's one of those cases where you've, if you've ever watched a movie on Vietnam, there's a fucking CCR. Well, I know. That's like, why I'm
1: like, "What the fuck?" So it just makes me want to like push this shit even farther. Like you know, people need to know what's going on. In music.
0: I think the pandemic was. I mean, it was shit, but it was good for music though i think because look at like in the last three years how much has come out or how many great new bands have emerged or the amount of festivals that have gone on now that there couldn't be for such a long period of time
1: or james you said that this wouldn't even have been a band if it wasn't for that right for what like if, if you wouldn't have um if the pandemic wouldn't have happened and you wouldn't have had this whole idea in your head would have uh with the band even yeah
2: no i don't think it would have happened i mean i so i have a five-year-old now uh at the time i guess he was uh Two, like three, three yep. um and then you know i i work a lot and i think the pandemic was like when that first happened it was for the first time in like three years i was like okay i have free time and like right you know the the only reason I didn't do a band prior is because I was just focused on raising my kid and like getting my work done so this was just like okay cool well I need to be creative now or else I'm going to fucking lose my mind so I started it for that purpose basically so yeah I I I bet that dude I bet a lot of bands didn't I mean if you look at where the scene was pre covid and post like
1: that's what I mean it's like blown yeah. the fuck up
2: Yeah, well, I mean, but all of, like, social media has, too. It's just like, you know, I think we, for better or worse, everyone spends a lot more time on the fucking internet now, and a lot of bands put out records or started when the world was shut down, and now they're big fucking bands. And I remember, like, I remember thinking about some of these bands that were coming out and getting all this, like, attention. I was like, I wonder if this is going to, like, equate to like heads in the room when they actually go out there and play and like sure as shit, like it seemed like it it did. So yeah, it's really interesting time, but I'm, I'm here for it. I think it's awesome. I think to see where it is right now is really cool.
0: Couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah. And it's cool to see that it did carry on into people actually going out to support the shows because they were locked up for fucking two years almost aside from like work and essential shit and grocery shopping and whatever. But so, yeah, I think everybody was, like, itching to get out and to have that connection with musicians and to see live music and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And most people we know in bands,
1: touring bands, I mean, that's how they make their money is selling their merch and, yeah. you know, moving town to town. And then cut that off, it's like... Yeah, you
0: cut off their whole lifeline.
1: Yeah, done. Uh-huh. So, so... It's good to see everybody back out moving around.
0: So you individually... Since we don't know really a whole much about ends of sanity and just you as a person, like when did you start? Did you start off singing, or were you playing guitar or something in a band
2: early on, or how did you start getting into music? I've sang in all the bands I've been in, but this one, like, like ends of sanity for the writing, I, I was, I've been more hands on with this band than any of the others in the past. Like, mm. I wrote quite a good amount of riffs and a good amount of like drum ideas and stuff like pretty much the whole first release was just me and Garrett in my garage going over stuff and like half the riffs are his half the riffs are mine i played drums in a band once but that band only played like one show well my first band ever i played drums in but that's when i was like 14 years old playing like a fucking benefit show in my junior high school cafeteria so best, i don't dude. know if that i don't know if that really counts uh, counts shit it totally counts All right. Well then, yeah. So I've played drums in a band and sang that, but that's it. I can like play every instrument like halfway decently, but I don't really consider myself like a musician. Right. Um, but yeah, I've I've only, uh, played drums and sang in bands.
0: You can do enough to kind of choreograph like how you want things to sound or mesh together.
2: No, I mean like I can definitely write riffs like the taking souls riff. Like I wrote that whole song. Garrett, like, you know, took it and spiced it up a bit. But like I wrote that whole track. I wrote a good bit of uh like hope at the bottom. There's like a bunch of riffs in the new stuff, see through you that I wrote. Like I can definitely play, I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I don't consider myself a musician. Like, and most of my friends I'll say this. I'm like, Oh dude, shut the fuck up. Like you can play, but it's like you I can't tell you what the fucking C string is on a guitar, but I can like chug some shit and it sounds halfway decent. So
0: gotcha. <laughs> Didn't he? Was, did you say professional fiddler at some point, Jeremy, or something like that about your guitar playing skills? Professional amateur. Oh, know me? Know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a, no, I'm just, yeah, professional
1: like strummer, tinkerer. Tinkerer, yeah. I mean, at, like you, I played guitar in some bands. Well, you played drums. I'm just saying, like, I just chugged and I can do that too and it's fun. And some people came when I was younger and it you know, that's it. It's just, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: But I think there's, like, a ton of people out there that are in the same boat that don't know. Like, you don't get into, like, the the depths and theory of music as far as, like, a technical thing. You just want to play the shit. Well, and that was, like, you know, the total appeal. Yeah. You know, when you're younger. So what got you into hardcore originally? I know Um... for most people it's kind of like a transition from metal or whatever, but... Yeah,
2: that's pretty much what happened. Like, I was growing up around my dad was always playing Black Sabbath and Ozzy, Dio, things like that. And then my step siblings and then my uh, my other brothers were like into like heavier metal and kind of transitioned into that. And then my first band that I did actually when I would like my first hardcore band that I did when I was, I had just turned 16. One of my best friends at the time, well, he's still a very close friend, but he was doing this band and they were like looking for a singer and I was just like, let me take a stab at it. And so when I was like, quote unquote, trying out, they had showed me like bands like Marauder and, uh, and Hate Breed and integrity. integrity. And they were like, yeah, this is hardcore. And I was like, what? This is metal. Like, what, what, is, what does that mean? What is hardcore? So I basically get, like heard you know metal influence hardcore bands and then was like oh shit like that's hardcore like i'm fucking down that's cool so it was pretty much just like i music was already like the biggest part of my life it was more so just understanding the difference between what hardcore was and, and what metal was and like as a young kid i was like fuck hardcore you know like i didn't i didn't understand that it wasn't Calling something hardcore wasn't because it sounded a certain way. Like I, I didn't right. get that as a kid, so I just kind of, you know, little si- 15, six year old James who thought he was too cool for fucking school, writing it <laughs> off before of he really gave it a chance. You know what I mean? And and now it's really like, like you're in been, it for life. Yeah, I mean, it's really been like the biggest thing that has like defined me in my life. And I don't like. I'm sure that probably sounds fucking corny, but like, no, not you know, at all. It's man. like. I, I, it's what I do for work. It's, it's where a lot of my free time goes. It's most of my friends who are you know, 15 plus years now of some of my best friends came from that. Like I've been able to travel the world because of it. Like it's, you know, it's been, it's been a pretty cool thing to, uh, to find out about. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, we do this podcast in the back of my record store. So we know all about Oh shit. That's awesome. Life being, musical influence and it being the biggest part of your life that's originally like why we started this was just to help spread around bands who we like that are less known that we want people to know because i'm always telling people in the store like check this or that out and so we're always talking music shit and we were just like well why don't we record it and here we are yeah. That's I almost awesome. I almost wanted to call this place "Tales from the Record Store" the podcast, yeah. but it sounded so corny. <laughs>
2: Maybe "Tales from the Back of the Record Store" yeah. it was more fitting. <laughs>
0: yeah, but that seemed too long. You played a show with Marauder at one point, right?
2: Um, we actually were on the show, but we had to drop like the day before. Oh, unfortunately, okay. but. Uh, I just
0: I remember seeing I'm looking at the flyer right now, and uh, since you said like Marauder was kind of your intro to that, like I mean at least you got the bill though, like you had the chance that you were going to play with them, and that was kind of the band that you said got you into hardcore originally, which
2: for sure, yeah, I my old band actually did like the 20 year Master Killer tour.
0: Oh shit, that's dope
2: so that was really cool but i was definitely still bummed about not making this happen and also like dropping shows is definitely like a no-no in my world and i'm pretty sure like that might be like the second time i've ever dropped a show in like the 15 years i've been playing in bands but i'll just go out and say this um we had a show the day before in greenville south carolina to like help us get to jacksonville uh-huh. and so my son came home with a pretty fucking nasty stomach bug like a few days before. And I thought I was at the end of it, but like, dude, that literally the, the show we played the night before I was literally in the bathroom, the entire show. I only came out of the bathroom to play our set. And then I went right <laughs> back into the bathroom and like that next night, it just, it wasn't stopping like I had I, I, I was I almost checked myself into the ER because it was just like, how many times can you go right before you're like, I'm out of okay, water. What the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was intense. Uh, it was really intense. No one else in the band got it, but it, it fucked my whole household up for like 10 days. It was really bad. So unfortunately, because I was shooting my fucking brains out, we did not get to play that show. Fair enough. It happens.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's better that it was from being sick than a gas
2: station burrito or something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, either way, it was horrible. I wouldn't wish that stuff on anybody. It's not fun.
0: So you did get to play with Marauder, though, at one point then? Yes. So what was that like, getting to play with the band that kind of (laughs) got you wanting to play this style of music?
2: It was cool. I mean, it wasn't like the OG lineup, obviously, but right. it was it was still cool to like hear the songs and have people come out and celebrate. I will say like it kind of killed the whole like I don't know, it was like it was their last thing ever, apparently, but then like a few months later they were just doing shows again. So it was like, you know, yeah, there's always that was a little strange. There's always but... an end tour that's not the end tour. It was cool. It was kind of like the only time that band, my old band Detriment ever really like supported someone to that extent, like on a tour. So that it was, I mean, it was a great experience. It was, it was cool. Um, I think I had a little bit more fun on like the, some of the smaller tours that we did just with like a friends band, but like, it was definitely cool to be a part of. And it, it was definitely a cool memory to have. Where was the show at? Well, it was a whole tour. Oh, duh! <laughs> I don't um, know why. I we did it. like North Carolina, Detroit. We did some Florida shows uh where else i think there was like georgia south carolina some other spots it was, i think it was like almost two weeks alabama okay it was cool
0: have you done any international touring i don't remember if you said you did or not
2: um with the old band yeah we did europe and then and we did canada and then with ends of sanity we're doing canada at the end of this month we're doing montreal and toronto
1: is that the um the 27th is that one of those shows
2: yeah, so Say we're going up City. to Long Island. Mm-hmm, first. Yeah, yeah. We're going up to Long Island and then uh, we're doing like Massachusetts the next day with Risk and the World, um, some other bands, and then we're hitting uh, Montreal and Toronto with um, D Block from, from Detroit. Oh,
0: yeah, right on. Wasn't it D Block that just did those like Hot Boys style tapes? That yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shit was so yeah, awesome. I couldn't remember if it was D Block or somebody else. For ends of sanity, it sounds like you guys have you got quite a few shows coming up then. Because that was going to be my next question: is if you have shows coming up past the record release show.
2: Yeah, we're definitely still like a pretty part time band, but I think like nowadays, like it's pretty common for like bands to just do like a weekend here or there and some one off. So I feel like it's pretty. I I think it's definitely a little more rare rare for like a band to start and then just start doing full U.S. tours. Right. Um,
1: Yeah, it's a different time.
2: Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've, we've got just as much as I'd like to be doing for sure.
0: Yeah. Plus if you're, I mean, if you all have lives, you can't just up and be like, all right, we're going on tour for three months. See ya.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I got that out of my system from when I was 16 to like 24, you know, like if it ever dream scenario, like if someone knocks on the door, like, you know, like I said, like, even like we did those three shows with Ball. But, like, and Pain of Truth was on this, too. And when we, like, I remember when we were talking about it, we're like, oh, we said we, like, wouldn't do weekends and stuff with them. We're like, oh, but it's Madball and Pain of Truth. Like, fucking we got to do it. Madball, bro.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's one of those times where you're like, well, I said this, but the opportunity presents itself.
2: And- yeah, fuck it. Like, if it's on a weekend and we can make it work, chances are we're going to do it. Right. You know, and it's not even, like, some regional shit. Like, to start that run next week or whenever it is, is, uh, ten like, 10 days from now, like, it's, you know, 12 hours up to New York, and then when it's over, we have, like, 11 hours back from Toronto. So it's like, you know, we're, we're down to grind and shit. It's just got to fit in, like, the work schedules and stuff.
1: Yeah. So what do you do for, for your day job? So do you
2: work from home? Yeah, yeah, I do. So I actually manage bands. You mentioned a few of them on this call. I manage bands, and then uh, Ian works for some, like, tech company – Garrett works for fucking a, he's going to kill me if I say the vitamin shop, because I don't, I think it's GNC or vitamin shop. I don't know. He goes to <laughs> college still. He's the youngest. Gotcha. And, uh, and he does that. And then Jeremy does live sound for bands. And then also like, you know, records bands, uh, cam does construction and then, yeah, that's what we everybody
1: do. Well, that's cool, man. So your whole life is involved in music.
2: Yeah. For better or worse, it sure fucking is.
0: Who were the bands that you manage? You said we mentioned some of them so I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, uh Frozen Soul, Creeping Death, Shut the Front uh, Door. Yeah. Frozen um, Soul, they were on uh
0: we had them on here. Yeah, we have Michael from Frozen Soul on here.
2: Yeah, great. Great band, great humans. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh it's it's not like I think it's it almost sometimes feels like I live a double life in a weird way because it's like my life every day is like working with these bands I I manage about 10 total with a with a managing company and like obviously it's I'm just every day I'm like okay how can we keep these bands happy how can we get them bigger opportunities what can I learn what can we be doing better and then it's like and then I do the ends of sanity stuff which is like very I'm not gonna say it's low priority because I get a lot of enjoyment out of it but it's a totally different like it is just purely like, I want to do this because I want to do this. It's like, with, pure,
1: yeah, pure you know, fun. No, pressure. Know, the bands
2: I manage, we're building careers and we're sustaining like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the goals are very different. So it's a cool dynamic because, you know, when I'm doing the work stuff, I love it and it's great, you know, and it's honestly like my dream job. But then when I'm doing this, it's like, I'm hopping in the van again and losing <laughs> money to like play shows with my friends, but it's all good, you know, because it's like I'm at a point in life where like I can do that. It's just a funny dynamic. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like if, definitely. If, if Andrew Sandy plays sure. a show to 15 people, I don't give a shit. But like if a band that I manage is playing a show to 15 people, like we've got a problem and we've got to like figure out how to fix it, you know?
1: Right. You're sweating fucking bullets. And if your band, you're like happy. And I, I think that, yeah. that almost, like I said, that's got to come out in the music. Yeah, Like you said, your, um, like, most honest writing and whatnot, you know, I think that just has got to make it all the more fun.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a lot more fun than I've had in some of the other bands, for sure.
0: Well, how did you get into managing bands initially? That's something I've always been curious how people pick up if they, like, start at a company or they just find a
2: band and they're like, Hey, I'm going to be your manager. Yeah. I mean, to get into like the whole details of everything would probably take an entire other call, but I can give you like a spark notes <laughs> yeah, version just, of it. And give like the liner notes, the this, this spark notes version is basically when I found out I was going to be a dad, I had told like my band members in detriment. I was like, all right, like I obviously should probably stop doing this band and like figure out how I'm going to support myself and this child because I had $20 in my fucking pocket. So pretty much as soon as that ended, I started just like asking friends to, uh, you know, let me help them out with like, you know, let me help you book some shows or let me take a stab at booking tours. So I was like, you know, booking tours for friends left and right. And then quickly after that, I guess officially became like a booking agent. And I started booking tours at state of mind touring one of my best friends, Josh, gave me a job there and he didn't give me any bands or anything, but he was just like, here's an email and, you know, I'll give you my help with whatever you need, you know, show you the ropes of like what it takes to actually be a booking agent. And then I got into management because I was a booking agent and, you know, a lot of the bands that I was booking started getting like label attention or needed more things than just a booking agent. And rather than like, I guess, fear of like falling behind and the bands like outgrowing me. I was like, you know, there was like a mutual thing between three of the bands I was with at the time. And we were like, why don't we just like try and do like both? Like, why don't I just try and manage the band? So I actually still manage like all of the bands that, um, those transitions happened with like creeping death was, you know, I've been with them since 2018 and I was their booking agent at first drain i manage as well and we've been together since like late 2018 the beginning of 2019 and again i was i was their booking agent fucking, as well that
1: is one of my favorite albums of the year by the way congratulations on a from a manager point of view on that band
2: yeah thanks man they're uh they're some of the best guys in the world and uh i've been working with them since you know nobody wanted to fucking book a show for them so it's it's really really cool. rewarding um, for sure yeah, I mean, it's all been fun, man. It's all been fun, whether the band is big or whether the band is just a small band starting out. Like, it's it's all super fun to me, and I'm just grateful to be doing it. Yeah, Dream kind of blew up, like,
0: yeah, they did out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I guess not not out of nowhere, but it just they had that first album and it did well, but the second one like took everybody by surprise. I feel like. Well, honestly, I think it's uh, has a lot to do with the. Uh
1: exposure and how it was pushed you know what i mean yeah so how did you link up with
2: frozen soul how did i link up with frozen soul uh i was actually working with a band from michigan at the time Plague gears and Plague gears was like hey we want to do this tour with frozen soul and i was like okay cool so the tour happened and just kind of saw what they were doing on the tour and we got in touch and they were happy with how the tour went and they were like, Hey, we should. So again, same situation. I was their booking agent and then I turned into their manager. So yeah. that's kind of the story of all of this. I was, you know, booking agent, not that I outgrew being a booking agent, but it was just, you know, I wanted to take the leap with the bands. And I, I think management was just a little more, you know, as a booking agent, you just book shows Right. as a manager. There's like pretty much nothing you're, you don't have a hand in. And like oh, that kind of just more fit,
1: fun than just booking for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just kind of like, naturally, I, I just kind of take care of shit. You know, that's just like my personality. and Right. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. Like I said, we could talk for sure like a whole nother episode on that. Yeah, that, that was, is, I wish I would have known that like
0: going in because I was like, oh, shit, that opens like, up a whole world of questions. So if somebody wants to, just for listeners, if there's any bands up and coming, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to manage them, how do they go about
2: that? I mean, my, uh, you know, my like email, my work emails in all of those bands, like contact infos and stuff. But to be honest, like I, it would take a lot for me to consider like working with another band right now. I mean, between like my personal life and having a, you know, child and yeah. managing 10 bands and, you know, I'm fucking, you got I'm full like, plate. I'm, yeah. no, I'm good. Like, I understand. You know what I mean? But I figured I'd it's also it like, it's also good to like, just be a fan of a band. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when I first started doing that, like a lot of people were like, you know, can we work with you? Can we work with you? And, you know, I would tell a lot of people, especially friends like, Hey, like you don't need this. Like I can be your friend and help you and support you. Like I don't, you don't need me to like be successful. Like, you know, um, but yeah. So I guess respectfully, you know, I, it would, it would definitely take a lot for me to consider working with some some new bands right now just for my own sanity no pun intended yeah yeah, yeah. before
0: we log off anything that you want to say for your band or yourself or anything
2: uh probably just you know thanks for having me and uh anything else you guys need from me just hit me up cool
0: all right man i appreciate appreciate it yeah thanks for taking the time to sit and chat with us and then uh we'll be in touch with you on instagram
2: Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Have
0: a good one.